Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Brandon, your comprehensive guide to creative branding. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into a couple of our favorite brands and take a look at some of their values, some of their mission statements, and really just some of the techniques that they use to build their brand. And Sarah, I got to say from our choices, there's a definitive contrast in styles here. Just a little bit. I I chose a company that is very much aligned with my my values of, you know, kindness and positivity. Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> okay, Sarah Against Humanity. Uh, that should be fun to look at theirs. You know, I, I kept things on the straight and narrow. Uh, I kept things uh, in line with my desire to be innovative and fresh. Uh, I chose Lego. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Lego. I have several Lego builds here in the studio that are just off camera. And I, I love it. I just, I love what they bring to the table, but I love it for a variety of different reasons. So why don't we, if you don't mind, we'll save Lego for the second half and we'll clean things up on our way out. But why don't you lay the welcome mat down with some cards against humanity? I adore their branding. I think they do such a fantastic job. And I said as a joke that it aligns with my mission, but it actually really does. But you wouldn't know that just from the product. And I think kind of something that they do is almost demarketing. So the concept of demarketing is when you're trying to reduce the sale of an item because you're low on it. So you almost market against it. I feel they almost do that in all of their marketing. It's just like, uh, yeah, this is pretty stupid. Uh, you don't need this. Like you could buy it, but like, why? Well, and, and I, I don't have cards against humanity. I don't think I've ever bought uh, the game or a deck or I, however. I don't even know how they come to be honest with you, but I am familiar with the packaging and it's really very straightforward and simple. If I recall, and I have not looked it up prior to this episode, so I'm just trying to, and, and I did that intentionally because I kind of wanted to just draw back on my familiarity with the brand. But it seems like everything is typically just black, and then they just have a block font for their messaging. Is Am I right there? Yeah, it's pretty simplistic. Um, some things that they've put out have been a little more creative, but it's very simple black and white and i mean that gives them kind of brand recognition so if you go on their website on their just like about page the first thing it says is cards against humanity is a game it's made of cards you put the cards together to make jokes it's pretty stupid that is that is on their website <laughs> and sold. that is fantastic i don't i don't know why i love it so much have you ever seen those signs of like small businesses that will advertise the worst reviews they've ever gotten. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, a creator friend of mine, and I, I don't know if you know him or not, but Joe Pardo, uh, he yeah. has a very successful YouTube channel where he uh, does clips from Shark Tank. He'll take the Shark Tank pitches, he breaks them down into individual videos, and he adds his own comments and his own business savvy to the videos as well. And for those of you that are new to social media or new to YouTube, it can be a very hostile place. But Joe literally takes his worst reviews on YouTube and highlights them. I mean, and he uses that for all of his social media posts and it gets a ton of additional attention. I, I don't know why I love it so much. Like there was, I used to live in Baltimore and I think it was Pickles. Um, there's a really famous bar outside of uh, Camden Yards where the Orioles play. I think I got that right. And it was called Pickles and is where everyone went for the games. And one of the competitive, like one of the competitor teams, they gave it terrible reviews just because it was like the fans of a team that was competing against them. So their banner outside said like the worst rated pub in like Alberta, Canada or something like wherever this com like competition team was from. And I love that. And I've seen it done with like, uh, come try the worst burger um, Joe from Yelp has ever tried or like all things like that. I think it's so funny when businesses are like self-deprecating because it just feels so human. Well, I think it makes people relatable. And, and I mean, you'll yeah. see comedians do that as well. They have that self-deprecating humor. But, you know, there's a bit of a cautionary tale there, too, because even from a comedic standpoint, if you get too self-deprecating you start to lose people people start to go eh, you know maybe this person really doesn't have what they think they have uh the humor starts to fall off the branding the messaging starts to fall off because it gets lost in all the negativity how do you feel that cards against humanity leverage that self-deprecating approach but they manage to tread that fine line and not cross it oh i think they cross every line ever made and that's kind of the beauty of their brand. <laughs> every line is crossed. Um, but I feel like everything that they do, even if it is framed negatively, they actually do it for a positive reason. Well, and that's what I'm getting at is that, you know, they definitely cross the lines. They cross a lot of lines. All of the lines. But they don't do it to a point where they lose their audience. And that's the line that I'm talking about. They manage well, to maintain that audience. And I, I mean, while I've never, uh, again, bought uh, the game, I know they've sold millions and millions of copies of the game. And it's so extremely bad. popular. And I have played the game. I mean, I, I think you and I have actually played the game together. Wow. And uh, it, it's it's very common to find somebody that that has the game itself. So how how do they do that? You know, how do they tread that fine line and not lose their, their potential sales or lose their clients and customers? I think the biggest part is that they really know their audience. So they know that the audience will be on board with whatever they do. And they have such a strong brand reputation that even when they do things like, did you... Did you hear about the bullshit box? I did not. They they have all of their expansion packs are called different boxes. It's like the giant box, the big black box, whatever it is. They had one called the bullshit box. And it was literally a box of bullshit that they mailed to their 
customers who like bought legitimate, stuff. like couches yes. like yes. here in texas we just go out into the field and mm-hmm. and that's what they sold they were six dollars a box it was called the bullshit box i'm pretty sure the messaging even said this is literally a box of bullshit but because of how their me- messaging is people didn't take that seriously they thought they were just self-deprecating and that's how they described the box and then they ordered it and received a box of bullshit Okay, but somehow profits, I didn't know about this little stunt. Oh, it was oh, it was huge. Everyone heard about it, but the profits from that were donated to the cattle ranchers in Texas. Okay, okay, all right. I, I can see that now because otherwise, I, I can see there being tremendous backlash for them to leverage mm-hmm. a, a very committed and faithful customer base to literally sell them a box of poop. But at the same time, it's like they told them exactly what they were getting. So I feel like they know their target audience so well to know that their target audience would have found that hilarious. It, well, how did it go over? Did the did, did their audience find it hilarious? Probably. Oh, so we don't know. So I, I don't remember, honestly. I just okay. know that they it was Black Friday of 2014. They were $6 each and profits went to uh, Heifer International, I think. Okay. Okay. But I love that when all of the um, anti-abortion, I do. Love a good I, do. Um, I rescued a baby cow the other day. We know this. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> <laughs> when everything was going on with the all the anti-abortion laws and everything, they if you were on b- buying from their website, you had the option. If it was in one of the states that were pushing for anti-abortion laws if you had the option to donate $5 to like an abortion fund. And if you said no, it was automatically added. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Like something like that. And like people were pissed. Yeah. But only the people that they wanted to piss off. So they didn't care. Yeah. But I think there's a cautionary tale there too, in that when you start bringing your politics into your business and your brand, you're automatically alienating one side or the other. And it leaves the question there for me as people that are listening to our podcast, most of which are entrepreneurs, probably lower to mid tier entrepreneurs, just getting started trying to establish their brand. There's some messaging there that could be a cautionary tale for them as well. Would you want to inject your politics or politics in general into your brand? I, I think the way they did it, it's not it's nothing new they've been steadfast on this for a while so back when uh the whole build the wall thing happened did you know about that one no no oh they here's my thing is i i try to steer clear of as many politics as possible it 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 gets bad when when, no matter what it's gonna get it's there's gonna be negativity involved and for me personally and my brand I, I don't want to get anywhere near any of those We're very volatile topics. We're yeah, not okay. getting into politics. I don't know We're if you're getting... picking up on my desperation here to save this I, episode. I but... am not speaking politically for myself. I'm speaking of how Cards Against Humanity has put it into their branding. Because when everything was happening with Build the Wall, Cards Against Humanity bought a plot of land on the border so that it couldn't like they could not build the wall there so they built private property and they leveraged a mainstream news story to get attention for their product which is actually ingenious genius yeah is it ingenious they, or just genius both it what i don't even know the, anyways uh it was very smart <laughs> on their it, part to get that attention 
Yeah. So they've, I mean, they've always been very open about politics and they're, they're just very authentic. I mean, it goes back to authenticity and big name brands also have to stay authentic. It's not just um, the like personal brands and solopreneurs. Authenticity is so important. And that's why I, I think, in my opinion, that's why it works for them is because it's just, it's always kind of the same thing. And it's just how can we take what we already do and still make it surprising? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think that's great. Uh, the authenticity part definitely plays a significant role there. And if they've, if they've been in that position uh, since they started their big marketing campaigns, then, hey, that that's a great approach. And you want to stay consistent and authentic to what you've established and your audience base and what they expect from you as a brand and what they understand your values to be. So I love the fact that they're committed to what they're doing and they stay the course regardless. And as a business owner, as someone that's trying to build a brand, that's what you have to do. So regardless of what that stance is, and even if you do want to bring politics into building your brand, you just have to stay that course. And while I'm not going to drop any brand names right now for this episode, but if you look in the news, there are brands out there that are struggling right now because they ventured away from their authenticity. Now they're trying to right the ship and they're struggling because they didn't stay the course. So if you do choose to go one way or another, regardless of what it is, you have to stay the course. You have to stay authentic. And you can't try to ride a hype train in order to extend your brand. You have to stay authentic and you have to stay consistent. I need to add one thing there. Go right ahead. It just made me remember. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but the Bic pen brand yeah. Tried to put out pens for women. Oh wow. As a new okay. product line. <laughs> okay. First of all, terrible. But yeah. they asked Ellen DeGeneres to be like their spokesperson and do a commercial for it on her show. And she's like, sure, of course I'll do it. And the entire thing she did was making fun of it because like uh, our us and our tiny girly hands can't handle a pen made for men or something. It was the only thing they changed was they made them like pink and, but they had to market it as pens for women and probably charge more for them. Yeah. And it was just the dumbest thing. Exactly. They clearly did not know their target audience. They clearly did not know who they were asking to be their spokesperson and it blew up in their face, but I, I've, I will never forget it. I thought it was the funniest thing. Pens for women, because I have to throw out all of my pens. I didn't even know I was using men's, <laughs> men's pens. Get, r- get rid of that Mont Blanc because that's a pin for a man. I no, it's so ridiculous. And that's what I'm talking about is, is jumping on those hype trains, trying to leverage some political movement in order to grow a brand when that's not your authentic a approach to building your brand or defining your brand or your brand values. And, and B, it's not authentic to what your brand represents. You're literally trying to leverage attention, which we all want to do and need to do. But if you do that, that better be your values and you better be consistent with it. Yeah, I'm I'm still going to, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to use my man pens. I'm not, buy, I'm not buying all new pens. <laughs> I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. So, <laughs> I actually have pretty small hands for a dude. I got a little, you know, even though I'm a bigger guy, I got little tiny fingers. They're still skinny. 
Out of all the body parts that got fat on me, my fingers weren't one of them. They stayed skinny, even though I got pretty pretty big there for a while. The fingers never did get chunky. So maybe I need to look into those pins for women and see if they fit my hands a little bit better. If they ever made it to production, I will send them to you. <laughs> Thanks. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so the brand that I chose, much less controversial, much less uh, opportunity to lose their direction there. Um, I chose Lego, man. I, I chose Lego. Uh, I've always loved Lego. Uh, I love what Lego represents, at least in my mind. I have their values from my perspective. And interesting, interestingly enough, and saying that word is difficult, when you look at their website, and I'm pulling it up here right now, their values are in line with my exact thought process of what I see when I see Legos. Uh, their brand values include imagination, which is amazing. You know, as, as a kid, I had a, a ton of Legos. I didn't necessarily have Lego sets. And to be honest with you, I don't really remember how they packaged Legos back then. You know, today I still buy Lego sets, but they're designed to build one product. But at Aren't least they in, in like buckets. Well, that's kind of how I remember it because I just remember having a hodgepodge of uh, just tons of different kinds of Legos. The you know the long uh, the, the long I don't know six dotted bricks of Legos, the little two bricks of Legos, uh, the little angled Legos, maybe using for like a roof or something. But I had all these just mismatched components that I would use and leveraging my imagination, I would build anything. I would build houses, I would build spaceships, I would build planes, I would build uh, forts for my G.I. Joes. But anything that I could imagine, that's what I would build with my Legos. And if you go to their website and you look at their brand values, the very first thing they have there is imagination. So I love that. And as a content creator and as somebody that loves to build and develop brands, the imagination component of Legos has carried with me throughout my entire life. Uh, if you look to the other side and their list of brand values, the next one's creativity. Same thing, man. It, it, it helps spark that creativity. And it still boggles my mind when I build these massive Lego sets because that's the Lego sets that I still buy. They have to have, I, I like to have at least 2,000 pieces, but the more pieces, the better. I, I love these massive Lego sets. And when I look at them, I go, oh my God, how creative does somebody have to be to be able to look at these bricks and go, I can build a Batmobile. Uh, I can build the Titanic. I can build the Taj Mahal. I can build all of these amazing structures. And somehow they can find a way to build it out of these little blocks. And it's just, it's just crazy, the creativity there. So that translate, translates well as a brand value for Lego fun. You know, they're still fun for me. I still love, it's one of the, my favorite ways to just chill on a Sunday afternoon is to clear my desk off of all my podcasting stuff and I break out my Legos and I lay all the individual bags out and then I have my little instruction book and I have my little piles of Legos and I just check out, man. I throw on some cool tunes, got my headphones on and I'm in Lego land and I am having fun. The next value they have is learning, teaching 
creativity is a very difficult thing to do, but there's a ton of opportunities to learn from building Legos. How do components work together? How can I leverage this piece to accomplish this goal? So it's problem solving, it's mathematics, it's measuring. It's There's so many different ways to learn new skills using Legos. So they're spot on with those brand values. And then the last two are caring and quality. I, I do question the quality because uh, Lego, you could probably fix this if you're listening to this episode. It never fails ever, not one time have I bought an actual kit to build some sort of specific model that at least one piece wasn't missing. And I have to reach out to Lego and go, because there's a whole list. If you've ever built anything big from Lego, you get a, an instruction book sometimes. Like the Ikea manuals. Exactly. Very similar to the Ikea menus and uh, manuals. And if you go to the back, there is a, a listing of, of this piece and the part number and how many of those you're supposed to have. And I literally have to call Lego and say, I, I need part number 57231. And then they, they're very responsive, though. So they apologize. They're very responsive. You typically get the part in about a week, and then you can finish your build. So even though there might be some mistakes in the bags, uh, they're always very, very quick to rectify that. So the quality is still there. It's just can be frustrating when you're so close to finishing that bat wing, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait. And then you go, oh, I can't finish this. So, so that's frustrating. But I haven't played with Legos in years, but I – have a degree in psychology okay. and one of my first psychology classes should i lay down for this i mean do i need to get yes. on the couch or yes and how does okay. it make you feel um <laughs> so one of my first i think it was honestly just like intro to psych and it was a hybrid class so like the learning part was online independently but then we would come together like every other week for an in-person that was really hands-on and the first thing they had us do was they gave us all Legos and you had to break into groups and they're just like, you've got like 10 minutes, just play with Legos. And it was a really fascinating experiment because it showed the differences between how female and male brains were working. Cause every group that was mostly female made like a house, mm -hmm. like they made something very, um, just very secure, something very typical. It was just that we all made houses. I was, I also made a house. But then the groups that were mostly boys, they made things that were like fantastical. They made like spaceships, they made helicopters, they made rockets, all of these things like that I never would have thought to make. Yeah. Because I think that's kind of the difference between how like girls and boys are kind of raised with toys. Like we, I got dolls and toy kitchens and all of this stuff that's very tangible. And they got things that were more creative in a different sense. Like they're like the Legos that they use to build these fantastical things. And it was just so interesting because I don't think there was any variation. Every female group did a house. Yeah. And every male group did something. I don't even remember what they were because a lot of them are ridiculous. Yeah, but well, and that's the cool so thing is that we had that that creative freedom to build something ridiculous. And I, mm -hmm. I, I know I built ridiculous things, you know, back in the, in the 80s, robots and, and, and G.I. Joes and Transformers and all that. Those were the things back then. So, of course, I tried to replicate and build those things myself. So 
very interesting observation in that experiment. But I, 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 again, going back to the values for the brand itself, I just, I love everything they bring to the table. And uh, if, if I can leverage those things in what I'm doing, all of those values, I love having the opportunity to leverage their brand values in doing everything that I do today. Uh, I try to leverage imagination in the content that we create, try to leverage creativity in designing cover art for our podcast launch clients or, or creativity in developing AI-based applications. Everything has to be fun. Uh, I, I don't want to do anything that's not fun. That's usually, a matter of fact, fun would probably move up to my number one slot here if I was to re, uh, reorder the values on the Lego site. Learning, uh, we talked about it on a previous episode. I, I, I spend a large portion of my day watching YouTube videos and reading newsletters and learning each and every day. And then those caring and quality, uh, I always want to deliver a quality product with, with everything that I do. And I honestly care about every customer or client that I have. So it, that's, that's, I want to see their success. I want to see their growth. I want to see their creativity. So I share a, a ton of values with my brand that Lego has with theirs. And that's why I focused on their brand for today. And Lego, if you are listening, um, he really likes the Batman sets and I like yes. the Harry Potter sets, just, you know, just so you know, um, not totally not asking for anything. <laughs> but you know what? We are asking for something. If you've listened to this episode and you found some value in today's episode, this was a fun conversation. We, uh, we, we got a little bit deeper than we typically go in our episodes, and that's cool. I think it shows an evolution of our brand. So if you found some value yourself in this episode, do me a favor, smash that subscribe button so Sarah and I can continue to bring you this amazing content each and every week. And until the next one, I'm Larry Roberts. I'm Sarah Lucy. See you later. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.